Hey, in, in the last few weeks, right, we've been in a series called Directions for Life. Uh, it's been based on most of Matthew 5 and 6, what most of us call Jesus' sermon, sermon on the Mount. Um, and, you know, it's been interesting up to now. In every in- instance, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, he's been teaching his followers some really practical things. I think you'd agree. They're very practical things of life. Uh, as we are growing as followers of Jesus. And he talked to, he's, so far he's talked about things like giving and prayer and fasting and uh, keeping our lives focused on God rather than on other things like, like money was one he really pointed out because he knows that that's a temptation, a big strong one. And so he talks about that. But if you notice so far all those things that have been talked about so far and have been in the message, um, they've mostly been centered on things that we do actions, right? Things we do. Uh, uh, but today we're going to see the teaching kind of shift, and uh, it's going to move from things we do to how we think, okay, what we allow into our mind. And and he starts out, you know, I, I love the Word of God because it doesn't hold back, does it? And so when, when Jesus wants to teach about something, he shifts from do to think, he goes right after one of the big ones, okay? He goes after something really important because uh, he talks about worry. Talks about worry. Now, sometimes I ask you guys for a show of hands about things, but I don't need to this morning because you're human. So I already know that you all are tempted to worry. <laughs> right? That is part of, of, of just what we face, part of the temptations and things that come our way. So um, I, I do want to ask us a question. Okay? Uh, so before we go any further, uh, could you guys share with me... Uh, from your life, what are some of the benefits of worrying? Nothing. No, there, there's no. Well, you know, you guys are exactly right. <laughs> there, there, there are absolutely no benefits to worrying. In fact, quite on the contrary, uh, uh, I'm no doctor, but I looked it up uh, with in some medical uh, resources. And did you guys know? about the harmful physical effects of worrying? Yeah. Did you know that worrying can suppress your immune system, make you more susceptible to disease? Did you know that worrying can disrupt your digestive system? Yeah, it can give you ulcers, and it can uh, give, lead to nausea. I mean, it's terrible, right? Worry makes your muscles contract, right? And, and that leads to tension and stiffness and headaches. Um, and fatigue, right, from all that, you know, tense, tense muscles. It, it, helps, it, it helps massage therapists stay in business, but it's not, but it's not good for you, okay? And, and worry also, it increases your heart rate. And, and with an increased heart rate, you can have issues of blood pressure problems, and, and it, that obviously then increased risk for heart attack and stroke. So, I mean, worry, it, it, it not only doesn't do any good, but it can actually be harmful to you. So there's a reason why Jesus wants to talk to us about avoiding worry. So as we get ready to, to talk some more about that, let's read today's scripture. It's found in Matthew 6, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. So let's, we'll read that together. And it starts out, and Jesus, remember, he's there with a whole bunch of people around him. He's talking to a crowd there, and he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, 
and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap and store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. So if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow because it's thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, so in those first few verses, right, Jesus tells his followers not to worry about, I, I would say, the details of daily life. Like what they're going to eat and what they're going to drink or what clothes they're going to wear today. We might kind of think of it like in how we might talk to one another, more like saying, you know, Jesus is kind of saying, don't worry about all the small stuff. Okay? Uh, and he calls out specifically food and clothing. And he, he's not saying you don't need them. Okay? But he's saying that, like, don't be possessed by your possessions. Don't put all your focus there. It might be better for you to spend, you know, like less time in the morning picking out the right outfit and more time reading God's word and praying in order to prepare for the day. Um, it's, you know, it, it's logical, right, when, if you really think about the fact that God is our creator, right? If God created us and, and he's the provider of life and body, then isn't it also kind of logical to think that God would provide the things that are needed to keep us alive? So, before we go further, further though, I do want to just clarify one thing. Okay, in in telling us not to worry about food and clothing, Jesus was not telling his followers to be lazy. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, he wasn't telling them that, you know, just, hey, don't worry about food and clothing, so just sit at home all day and don't do anything and just hope that somebody will drop off some groceries and some Macy's gift cards. You know, he's not telling us to live like that. But what he's calling for is that we don't become anxious. We don't worry as we take responsibility for working and obtaining these things. Because when we put him first, He'll help us. He'll bless us in our efforts and responsibilities to be able to acquire those things that are needed for daily life. Then in verse 27, he, he makes a, that really practical argument against worry, right? He asks those around him, have any of you added a single hour to your life by, you know, some of that high-quality worrying? And, and, you know, we all know the answer is, well, of course not, right? Of course not. And then, he gives this great example of God's provision in our lives. So, and I, and I love the fact that, you know, I mean, Jesus was just a real guy, right? He's the son of God, but I mean, but he, he talks to people right where they are. So imagine, remember, they're outside, they're on the side of a hill, 
he's, 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 he's talking to them. And so now he, you can just kind of imagine him going, just look over there. See all those flowers? You know, they're right there. You don't have to imagine them. They're probably right there. He, he points to some flowers that were blooming nearby, and he says, look at these flowers. He says, they didn't worry about what they were going to wear today. Right? They, you know, they didn't get up and have to go to the closet and you know, look around. They didn't worry about it. They, they didn't break the, more, the monthly clothing budget you know, by buying stuff. And they didn't even say, well, I'll just make some myself. Okay? No, what they did is they just lived their lives the way God created them or what they're created to be, and then God clothed them in beauty. Then he points out, that if God will take such good care of those little flowers over there that really they just last a season, they just last a short period of time, then if he takes such good care of them, won't he that much more take care of you and me? You know, I, I, I love the fact, too, that when we, when we read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and we see the things he says, do you ever notice when Jesus is talking to people and teaching them, he's not being critical. He's not saying, you guys are doing this wrong. You know, like, why don't you get in shape? What he does is he shows you the benefit of doing it God's way. And it, and it draws you to that way, not like telling you to stop. Okay? And so let's, let's don't see this teaching of Jesus right now as something being critical, but rather as... He's coaching and encouraging them. He's, he's pre presenting this alternative to, to the normal way of life. And he's just pointing out that the things that he's telling you there's a better way, well, it's because it's precisely the things that people who don't follow Jesus are doing. He says that's how the pagans live. That's how the people that aren't followers of God. And so, you know, I want you to live better than that. I want, you to, I want your life to be more fulfilling and joyful. So don't allow worry to take over. So he's just trying to help them through this area of life because, again, with the things that Jesus, if Jesus is talking about a particular topic, he's picked it because he knows it's a problem. He's, he doesn't want to waste your time telling you about details that don't matter. He's going to talk to you about the stuff that actually can, can help your life be good, full, joyful, rich, and fulfilling are the things that can destroy it. And so that's why he's doing that. Uh, he's, 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 so he's not saying, here's how you have to live. He's just trying to clarify for them the value of living in this healthier way. Verse 33 then, Jesus says, look, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And then as a result, he'll give us everything that we need. It'll be, it'll be available. Okay, now, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. We've all heard that phrase. But what does it mean? What, what would be examples? How do you seek first the kingdom of God? Seeking to know his will and his plan for your life. That's good, yeah. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Yeah, being obedient to the things he's told us to do. And sometimes that's things he's put in our heart. Sometimes it's from reading his word, right? It, in prayer, we can feel like God is putting things on our hearts. Yeah, it, 
is it it's also is it maybe like turning to God first for help uh, it, you know you talk it's like filling our hearts with his desires you know in in uh, uh, David said in scripture he said I've, I've Lord I've, 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 I've put your word in my heart I've hidden your word in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you right and so it's it's reading God's word so we have it in our hearts to guide us uh, Jesus has been teaching about all these things over the last several weeks we've we've studied right in the, in his sermon on the mount um, so wouldn't it make sense that if we attempt to live that way if we move in living in that way that we would be becoming more like Jesus okay so and I, I guess the other thing I just thought was you know it's take talk about being obedient to his word even when it's difficult that's the hard part isn't it I mean, if we're all honest, it, it, it's it's the being. It's easy for me to be obedient to God's word in here with all you guys. Right? It can be more difficult out in the world when surrounded by other temptations, other influences, other. Sometimes we can find ourselves struggling to live the way that we've been called to. But but God, but Jesus here is is laying out a pattern for us, and as we move towards it, then. We enjoy the benefits of it. Okay. And so then he, he concludes this with verse 34, and he says, he says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Boy, isn't that true? Isn't that true? You know, now, now I want to I draw a distinction here, okay? When he says don't worry about, remember, he's saying don't worry about tomorrow. Okay. Planning for tomorrow is a good thing. That's time well spent. We should all plan for our future, like financial planning for retirement. We should uh, plan, like, how do we acquire new skills so that we continue to grow in our jobs, our careers. Um, we should plan, a lot of us, we have to plan to get regular exercise so that we can, we, we can stay healthy. I mean, this whole idea of, of planning is, is completely different than worrying, and planning is, is good, right? Uh, in fact, planning is biblical, okay? Uh, Luke 14, 28 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and count the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? I mean, just think about it. If you were going to, you know, you, you would just wake up one morning and say, I think I'll build a house. Let's get started. And you have no idea if you have enough money. You don't have a blueprint. You have no plan. You know, people just start... Putting, you know, I mean, it would be a mess. Okay? So, I mean, the idea of planning is, is good. Uh, I think that verse 34, you know, in, in my translation of it, you know, I would, I would just say planning for the days ahead is wise. But as a follower of Jesus, you don't need to worry about how those days will turn out. Okay? All right. So, can, all, can I just suggest, and do we all agree that we all agree worrying is not a good thing? Okay, if we're all in agreement that worrying is not the way we want to live, we don't want our days and our lives to be full of worry, because it easily could be. Because, I mean, let's do just be honest for a second. Life's got some tough stuff. Right? Everybody agree? I mean, let's all be real. There's some tough things in life. There's some hard things that we go through. Some of us go through health issues that are tough. Some of us go through personal relationship issues that are tough. 
Some of us have got job issues that are tough to deal with. Some of us can be in, under financial pressures that can be very tough to deal with. Their life has got, there can be family relationships. I mean, the list can go on and on. And let's not kid ourselves. Some of those things are hard issues. Never going to minimize those. Okay? But, but what Jesus is, so what I love here is Jesus isn't saying, oh, you know, your life is easy, so don't worry. He's saying in the middle of difficulty, don't let worry overtake you. Trust me. You see, you know, make the steps and, and turn it over to me. So, so now, if we all agree that worry is not good, then let's talk about how do we avoid worry. Okay? Well, the first thing is really basic, but it's really important. Remember, it's to recognize that worry doesn't change anything. Okay? So, so don't allow it to take over and consume your life. Remember that there is also a difference between worry and concern. Not worrying doesn't mean to be careless. Okay? Uh, concern, we kind of call that a milder emotion. That in, I, I, I read this in a, in a dictionary. It said it involves general interest or involvement in something. I'll give you an example. I, I, I might be concerned about staying healthy. That's a concern. I want to try and stay healthy. Okay, so as a, but here's, the, here's what concern does. Because I have a concern about staying healthy, I take an action. Concern leads you to take an action. Okay, and because, so what do I do? I take an action to eat healthier foods. I take an action uh, to get enough sleep. I take an action uh, to, to find ways to get exercise, okay, to try and improve my health. But I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it to the point of losing sleep because that would give me just the opposite of my health, right? You need sleep. And so, worry, so concern leads us to actions to address it in a positive way. Uh, worry, uh, on the other hand, uh, doesn't help. Worry is this feeling of anxiety about something specific. It, you know... It's waiting, boy, any of you guys ever have to have, take medical tests of some kind and you have to wait a few hours or days to get the results? Yeah, anybody ever been worried, like you find yourself, you, you, let's all be honest, you found yourself worrying a little bit about how they might turn out? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they, it can be stuff like, you, you know, you get an unexpected car problem and you got a bill, you, it wasn't in the budget. So you can find yourself worrying about how you're going to pay for that. I mean, but the problem is worry, what it does is it usually involves, we allow ourselves to give in to negative outcomes, right? We, we imagine the worst, uh, the worst case scenarios. And the good news in life is those rarely ever come true. I mean, if you've lived a while and you've done some high quality worrying, you know, you, you've, when, when the deal has finally resolved, I would say most of us have found, in a lot of cases, it didn't, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. And so that high quality worrying that, you know, did no good, also, uh, you know, yielded no benefit, right? Because that's what we've really seen here today, is that the worst thing about worrying, I mean, really, the worst thing about worrying is it just doesn't work. If it worked, then, you know, we, there'd be classes on how to be better at it. But, but, but... <laughs> I mean, 
could all write, all of us could be successful authors writing a book on how to do some good worrying, okay? But, but the truth of it is, it's just a waste of time because it doesn't work. And not, and choosing not to worry, remember, doesn't mean you have a lack of concern. It just means you're going to focus your efforts on moving forward in a way that could actually help. Okay, so uh, I, I, I like, I, I read this sentence. I'm, I'm, I don't remember the situation where it was located, but I, I wanted, I didn't make this one up. But it said, the simplest way to put it is that worry immobilizes you while concern moves you to action. Now, I like that phrase. I just, I think to me that really makes it clear, okay? So, so then the question I have for all of us, though, is, and this is a real question, <laughs> you know, so what should you do? What should you do when you feel yourself starting to worry about something? Pray? Yeah, remember that God is working on your side. Remember that God's actually for you. You know? A lot of other people might be against you. No, really. I mean, right? You could be in the middle of something where you feel like you don't have a lot of friends in this moment. Okay? But God loves you, and he is for you. Yeah, reading God's word. Have any of you ever, I mean, I have done this in the past, and it, and it works. I mean, and I mean like, have you ever had a time when, if you know God's word some, you may have an issue, and you may know, oh, if I go read this particular psalm or this particular, these are verses that we'll talk about that. And, and you can go read them. But I've also faced times in my life when I couldn't think clearly enough to do that because I found myself worried about it. And I have literally grabbed the Bible, opened it up, and just started reading wherever it fell open. And I'm here to tell you, Hebrews, when it says the Word of God is living and active, you know what? I can read a list of biblical names, and God can use the fact that I'm in His Word to put something in my heart to calm my spirit? I mean, I, I'm telling you, just because you might not know, oh, you know, I'm worried about my health, so I'm going to go to find some verses that speak about, you know, that. Just go read God's Word somewhere. And, and trust that when you allow God's Word into your life, it will change your circumstances. Okay? So, yeah, when we, when we feel ourselves starting to worry... Uh, we should, we should take, uh, pray, read God's word, uh, t t maybe share what you think you're worrying about with a, a confidant, a friend, somebody close that's a believer, and, and get a word of encouragement from them. And here's the deal. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, it says, don't worry, and I'm reading this out of the New Living Testament because the wording here was just perfect, Okay. It says, don't worry about anything. It says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and then thank him for his answers. And i got to tell you, I've been a little bit bold sometimes, okay? I thank him for his answers before I got them. And I would encourage you to do that. You know, if God loves me and I'm praying for things that I think are consistent with his word, then why don't I have the faith to believe that he's going to come and answer them? So I'm going to thank him in advance.
second thing, so we've, we've all agreed, right? First thing is we want to avoid worry by just recognizing it doesn't help. It doesn't change anything. It, it hurts, okay? Second thing, we've all heard, smell the, take time to smell the flowers. Well, you know what? That's actually a pretty good, that's, there's some wisdom there. I just said it as enjoy living one day at a time. Jesus Jesus talked to him. He said, look at those flowers. They're just right here. Have you, I mean, have you even noticed how beautiful they are? I mean, he kind of said, stop and smell the flowers. Okay? In his own example. You know, I, one of the things I, I've tried to do, and I'll encourage you to try to do it, because, again, some of our, we can all go phases through life. I hope all of us can agree. There are some really good days in life. Right? We've all had some really happy days, some thing, days when things, we can have some tough days, okay? But one of the things I've really tried to do more in my life is every morning when I get up, thank God for a new day. I'm alive. That's a pretty good start. You know what I mean? It, it's it's kind of like the, there was a guy that made a graduation speech to a bunch of, I think, naval cadets or whatever, this admiral, and he, he told them, he said, every morning, when you first roll out of the bunk, he said, the, make it a principle and, a, and a, just a rule of your life that the minute you roll out of your bunk in the morning, first thing you're going to do is make your bed. And he said, because no matter what help else happens that day, you will have accomplished at least one thing. You can point to it. Okay, I would tell you, when you roll out of the bunk in the morning, you know, make your bed. Okay? But, but also... Praise God. Thank God for a new day. And thank Him for what He's going to do in you and through you today. Imagine what speaking those words over your life first thing in the morning, before you've had your coffee, before you've had your cereal, before you've had your bacon, whatever it is you want. You know, but if first thing you did was to thank God for that way and say, Lord, I am excited for what you might do in my life today. Imagine the things that might set in motion, the opportunities. So enjoy living one day at a time. You know, we all get told this, but it's such we gotta you gotta reject thinking about the past. Man, have we we've all done stuff we regret. Right? We've all said things that were foolish and we wish we could take them back. We've all okay, but you know what? I can't change any of that. Thinking about the past and all the what ifs and couldas and shouldas and I, you know, if I could have man, if life had a replay button. I mean, I'd love it, you know, I'd, I'd, if I could have a do-over, you know, we'd all be a lot smarter, right? But, but it's don't worry about the past because that stuff can't be changed. It's just done. Okay? But what we can do is ask God to take the things that we did in the past that we regret and we know might have been harmful and in, his, in a way that only God can redeem those things in a way that would bring honor and glory to him. Imagine that. Remember Joseph when he got, you know, his brother sold him off into slavery? Boy, that's family love. Okay? I mean, his brothers got rid of him and sold him into slavery, but years later, right, Joseph ends up as the, you know, number two guy in Egypt, and he saves his whole family from a famine. And when they all get there, Joseph says, guys, I forgive you, because even though the thing you did to me you meant for bad. You meant to harm me. You meant this to be a bad thing. Look what God has done. He's turned this thing that was awful 
And he's turned it into something good because now I got control over all the food we need. You guys aren't going to starve. I mean, if God can do that, imagine what he can do with you and do for you. So, so don't worry about the past. Re- ask God to redeem it and change it to his honor and his glory. And then he even talks about, he says, resist worrying about the future because it's not here yet and it'll take care of itself. The problem, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this, because I've been guilty of this, okay? I can either get caught up thinking about yesterday, or I can get caught up thinking about tomorrow so much that I'm not really having fun right now. I mean, have you ever, like, been somewhere and realized that there's a lot of, I'm around some people I love. I'm I'm in a place I like. I'm doing something that I actually like to do, but I'm not, like, enjoying it because I'm either regretting this or afraid of that. Okay, and, and if we're not careful, that's, and this is what Jesus doesn't want us to do. That's why he's telling us, don't worry. Because, he, you know, there, do we all agree? I can't do anything about the past. The truth of it is, I don't even know if I'll be here tomorrow. None of us know that, right? I, 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 I'm planning to be, you know. But, 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 you know, there is no place in God's word that has promised me tomorrow. But but what God's word has promised me is that there is a time that's called today. Right? There's a time that is called today. And, and what God is looking at me about is what are you going to do with today? Today. Okay? Because that's the only thing we really can can control, can have, have a choice about, can, can, can make choices. And so I, I really want to encourage us. I mean, because I, I, I think it's really biblical. I think it's scriptural. I think it's appropriate. We need to be people who live in the present. Think of the opportunities that there are people who need a word of encouragement from you. But if you're not present, you're all caught up about this or here, you may walk right by them and never, and does that make sense? You can miss it. You know, there, there can be people that call you on the phone. And, and if you're all caught up here or here, you may cut that short and not really. You know, sometimes I've just noticed there's not a lot of people that want me to solve their problems. Does that make sense to you? But there are a number of people. My kids call. They don't really want me to tell them what to do. Or what, what, but you know what they want me to do? Tell me to listen to them. They want me to listen I can be a winner just by being a good listener. <laughs> no, really. Okay? But, but if, I'm, if I'm not in the present, I, I, I'll say, well, I, I need to go. <laughs> and, and look what I've missed. I've missed a moment that never comes back, and, and all I've taught them is, well, he doesn't really want to hear me. Is that okay? So, so this whole idea of living in the present is not just pop psychology. This is actually like real, this is logical, okay? It, it, it's real, and, and I think this is what God wants for us to do because God's given us today. And Psalm 118, verse 24, actually, you know, verifies that. He said, this is the day, this. Translate that today, okay? This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day God has made 
Don't miss out on it. Rejoice and be glad in it. And then and and ask God, God, look, all of us as we get older, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna exaggerate this comment slightly. So I'm telling you right now, I'm exaggerating it slightly. But if we're not careful as we get older, we can start to feel a little useless. Can you imagine? You know, because you're you're not as involved if you're not careful in the daily action of things as you were when you were younger. Okay, but but what? But God has given us every one of us things to do. It promises us in His Word that before He created the world, that He 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 made things for us to do, and if and and it also tells us in God's Word that our days. He wrote all the days that were allotted for us in his book before one of them came to be. One of the things I have come to learn in my life is if I'm alive, it's because I've still got things to do. I mean, that's that's literally what the Word of God says, if you think out through what it says. That means I have more things to do, which means I need to be busy every day asking God, what is it you have for me today? And, And Lord, please don't let me miss them. Please... Help me to be present enough that when the opportunity, when you set this opportunity right before me, that I pick it up on it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. And finally, the best way, third way to avoid worry is to trust God with your needs. Because we have needs. We have needs. We need finances. We need help. We need friends. We need jobs. We, we, there, we have needs. But it's to trust in some. And some of these things can be really hard to trust God with. And, I, you know, I've, I've got a number of examples, but I just decided to tell you one because it was really hard for me, and this was a number of years ago, because I think a lot of us, one of the hardest things to trust God with is financial needs. Okay? I, I really think that's a hard one in a lot of cases. All right? And for a lot of people. Um, and And, again... It's sometimes it's easier, I don't know about, sometimes it's easier for me to believe God will bless you than he'll bless me. Does it ever, do you ever find yourself more comfortable and confident that I'll pray and say, God, please heal her, bless it, and, and have this higher degree of confidence that he'll do that than if I said, Lord, I need your help. Okay? But I want to tell you, God knows what you and I are doing. And and one of the, one of the most striking concrete examples of that was a number of years ago for me uh, I was considerably younger I still had some hair so you know it was years ago okay but I was at a point uh, I was single then okay which tells you it was years ago and um, I had one of those times in life when there was more month than money you ever had one of those yeah more month than money yeah okay and um I was out of money. I, I literally was, I was out of money. And my gas tank was sitting, the needle was basically sitting right on the E. I mean, you know, maybe E plus a thimble full, but I mean, but it was sitting right there, okay? Problem was, it was three days till I got paid. And, and I needed to go to work all those days. And I was new enough in town that I didn't know anybody well enough yet to call them up and say, you know, can you loan me 10 bucks, you know, till Friday or whatever. I just, I didn't know anybody to do that. And that's, you know, this is way before calling and 
you know, calling home and saying, you know, begging your parents to transfer you some money so you have it in three seconds, you know. I mean, that didn't exist. And so, you know, I was just, I was stuck. And so um, I just prayed. I, I don't know what else. I, I, and I'm not going to give you some big spiritual thing like, oh, I thought, oh, yes, I'm going to trust God first. I just didn't know what else to do. I just didn't know what else to do. So I just prayed and I said, God, I don't know who to call. I don't know what else to do. I need to go to work. So I'm just going to have to drive to work. And Lord, I'm just asking you, would you just keep some gas in my tank? And, you know, just enough so that, you know, I can make the commute for three days. And um, he did. He did. I drove to work for three days. It was about 20 miles round trip. Three days. The gas, the, the needle never moved. It just never moved. It just sat there. And and if I ever learned in my life that I could trust God with stuff, I understand trusting him about big spiritual things. But you talk about, you care about the flowers. I mean, he cared about me enough. One little guy that nobody knew living up here that didn't have any money, didn't know what to do about it, but just had to live. I just asked him, and he did. Now I got to tell you, I got paid that Friday, and man, the first thing I did was go cash some money out and go straight to the gas station <laughs> and fill up because I didn't want to test God. I just I wanted to trust Him. <laughs> I but but I'm telling you, uh, for me that was really one of the first times I I really understood in my life that God actually loved me enough to do so, to do something for me. Like it was like that, a daily thing of life. Um, you can too. That's what I, I tell you that story to say, I'm, I'm blessed and thank you, God. But I'm telling you that to say because you can too. We may not face those moments regularly, but when we do, we need to know that God is faithful. That God is faithful and we can trust him with our needs. So, um, whatever, if you've got a need in your life right now, I just want to encourage you. Trust him. Okay? Uh, our de- today's scripture said it so well. It said in Matthew 6, 25 and 26. He said, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or your body or what you're going to wear. Isn't life more than food and body for the, to the clothes? He says, look at those birds in the air that don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you a lot more valuable than they are? And you know the answer to that is yes, you are more valuable than they are. So receive the love that God has for you by telling them honestly what your needs are and trusting them with them. Would you guys stand with me as we get ready to close? So everybody just bowed heads, closed eyes, nobody looking around, okay? Um, this morning, if, if you've realized that maybe you've, uh, you've spent too much time worrying on, you know, over your life or up till now, but today you want to commit, what you want to do is give all your cares and worries to God and commit to not allowing worry to, uh, to dominate your life. If you just want to put a stake in the ground and say, Lord, 
I'm, I'm choosing. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust you. Just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Okay. And, and then because he told us this is what we ought to do instead, I, I just want to give you the opportunity as well. If you want to make a declaration that to, from today forward that you are going to do your best to seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, raise your hand. Yeah, Lord, today, God, you've seen our hands. Lord, we, God, we don't want to be people that, that miss out on what you have for us because we're, we're immobilized by worry. And, Lord, we, we do want to be people of faith that trust you with our needs because, Lord, not only will we be blessed, but we will be a testimony to those around us of lives, Lord, that are being lived for you and, and an example of the goodness and loving kindness and gentle care from our God. So, Lord, we, uh, we just want to thank you for what you're going to do in each of our lives today going forward. Father, we trust you with our needs. In Jesus' precious and holy name. And now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.